You're listening to Every Last Drop Podcast. Join me, Danny, Nick, and sometimes Luke as we explore the relationship between philosophy and art. If you enjoyed today's show and want to contribute to what we're doing, visit everylastdroppodcast.com slash contribute. We greatly appreciate your support. Enjoy the show. Is that beer? I wish it was. Hello, 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 hello. Good evening, listeners. Evening, morning, whatever, whatever time, time of day it is. is. This is an on-demand thing. Yeah, who knows Isn't that the beauty is. of podcasting? Mm-hmm. It's, it's where, wherever you want it, whenever you want it. That's one of my favorite things about it. Yeah. But, yeah. Welcome back to Every Last Drop. By now, you know that because you've already heard the intro and everything. <laughs> but... Just in uh, case they forgot. Yeah, just in case you yeah. forgot. But th- really, this is your chance to uh, just, or this is our chance to welcome you mm-hmm. to the show cordially, personally. Uh, we thank you for coming back. Um, for those of you who listened to our last episode, the interview with Todd Gummerman, uh, thank you, first off. We really appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, and we really, we got some positive feedback. I, uh, I'm, I'm a part of a, a Facebook group. Uh, it's like the mute math official, unofficial discussion. Yeah, I, yeah, it's just a bunch of mute math fans. Just a place where the fans kind of converse. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. And they yeah. just talk about all things mute math. So I just put a post in there and said, "Hey guys, I talked to Todd. He's from obviously we all know he's from mute math. Hope you guys like this." Yeah, and you know the people liked it. So mm-hmm. I just want to thank everyone for their positive feedback. And, yeah, thanks uh, guys. Also, shamelessly take this opportunity to ask you. If you enjoy the show, to go ahead and leave us uh, a nice review on iTunes, that would that would go a long way to help our help our ranking and get this show out to more people. And if you like it, you know, going beyond the review thing, you know, why don't you give us a, a share on social media, uh, like our Facebook page, and uh, you know, when we post, go ahead and share that, or you know, spread the word. Just tell other people about it. Yeah, if you think it's a good show, if it's if you think if you got something out of it, if you enjoyed it, and you think someone else will, just let them know. We would really appreciate that. Next time you're going to work, uh, go get your boss and tell him to uh, tell tell your boss he or she to to hold a meeting and just tell everybody about this. Issue podcast. a memo. Yeah, yeah, right. Yep. Everybody's gonna think they're in trouble, and then they're gonna be like, "Oh, a nice podcast." That's to just every to. last drop. That's all, all right. <laughs> yeah. So. We're kind of uh, we're in the beginning stages of this, admittedly. So there's a lot of aspects of this show that have really yet to yet to be formed and and yet to uh, develop a a format or a structure. I mean, I, I think we have somewhat of a format. We've done some planning just to kind of how the show's going to feel, but um, I, I I don't expect us to to have a guest on every single episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe one day we'll kind of switch to that format maybe not um it's our show so we'll we'll, we'll kind do of whatever it. we want yeah we'll do whatever we want and <laughs> we'll play it by ear and see what see what works uh excuse me but i do think me and nick have have discussed this and, and we like the idea of 
every other episode not having a guest just yeah. so that we get a chance to interact and yeah we gotta do some catching up you know yeah yeah just to talk about stuff but we do want to bring you a bunch of different interesting guests <laughs> and we do have some more guest interviews lined up to be coming out and for now this is going to just kind of be every other week uh but if you guys do your job and spread the word and the numbers start to go up on downloads and such um and the demand is going to force us to have to step it up and put out more than once every other week. Maybe yeah. we'll go once a week. But for now, we'll just go once every other week. And for now, it's an audio-only show. But rest assured, we oh, are... Oh, we have plans. We have plans oh, in the boy. making to take this sucker video as well. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, put that out on YouTube and even some live streaming because that's a thing now, live streaming. Oh, yeah. You can be your own TV channel now. So... We definitely want to bring all that stuff to you into the future, but it's kind of complicated. It takes some powerful computers, number one, which I'm lacking. I have a very unpowerful computer right now, (laughs) but that's going to change soon. Uh, And it also just takes a lot of... uh, It's kind of some techie stuff, but I'm not making any excuses. I'm just saying there's a learning curve. I'm learning it. Once I'm over the curb... It's going to come out to you guys, but just not yet. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's just a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, so, we don't want to bore you guys with that too much. But just to fill you guys in on kind of where we're at, um, the show is brand new. We're basically a baby podcast right now, if you will. And uh, But but we're going to be growing. You know, I have all, all the confidence in the world that this sucker is going to grow and, and you guys are going to share it and, and we're going to be progressively bringing on more and more marquee guests uh yeah kind of climbing up the food chain if you will i i, I think that's gonna happen yeah. i mean that's not to say that the the guests who are not like a list or b list or c list aren't awesome because they are every guest that oh, we yeah, bring yeah. on here is is gonna is guaranteed to be interesting okay that's something that i can tell you with confidence that every guest that we bring on here is going to have something interesting to say. I really believe that. That's a that. promise. Yeah. So we definitely make that commitment to you guys that we're going to be bringing some really cool people onto the show. And if we decide uh, the interview with them was boring, we just uh, delete it and we'll cut it, it. never happened. Then we'll cut it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of it. It's our thanks, show. Thanks can... for being on our show. Uh, go home. You'll never hear this episode. Yeah. So just um, we actually do have some episodes that are kind of in the bank, just to be honest with you. And uh, on one of the episodes that will be coming out later, we mentioned a book called Steal Like an Artist by Austin Kleon. Oh, yeah. We, we on this show, we like to talk about every type of art under the sun, basically, that's out there. We're not, I'm primarily a music guy, but I do like reading books. Mm-hmm. Nick, you're, you're into all kinds of arts as well. Like, you're a music guy, but you're also photography, yeah. video. You're a wit maker, so that puts you in the category of being a craftsman, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I like to use my my hands, I guess you could say, as far yeah. as art goes. Sculpting, I did that a little bit in high school. I found it fun. Anything where I'm using my hands is fun. Yeah, you you do tons of stuff, though. So what I mean is you have an appreciation for all the various kinds of art forms that are oh, out yeah. there. So, Absolutely. so this show is going to be an open forum for anybody who does that kind of stuff, and of course, why they do it. So yeah. that's uh, that's our angle here. So. Uh, today I brought a book, and we're just we're going to talk about some of the themes that are in this book. Steal like an artist. Highly recommend that you read it. One of our guests who's going to be coming out 
I mean, the episode that we had with him is going to be coming out in the next few weeks or so. Uh, he's the one who turned me on to this book. It wasn't the first time I heard of it. Um, one or two other people had mentioned it before. And then when he told me, like, yeah, you need to read it, mm-hmm. that was kind of uh, that was the kick in the pants for me that said, okay, you need to, you need to go get the book. Yeah. So actually, I picked it up when we were uh, out in Arizona. Ah, you did. I remember that. So we went on vacation to Arizona and stopped in the bookstore and I picked it up. So Steal Like an Artist. Um, the sub subheading or subtitle of the book is 10 Things Nobody Told You About Being Creative. Mm. So this book is not, it's not a how-to book. It's not even like getting into nitty-gritty details about any one thing. It's very much a book about principle um, and ideas. And the ideas are not, um, it's not like walking into a philosophy class where you could easily like get lost in how complicated things are. These ideas are actually pretty simple. Things that are overlooked. Yeah. Yeah. So I have some, some quotes and stuff from the book that I've underlined. So, um, I'm going to collect them and kind of bring them out to you one by one. We'll just go through some of them, not all of them because I underlined a lot. So, Give me a chance here because these, <laughs> the pages, these pages are just are falling, out. falling out of the book. <laughs> so, Uh-oh. okay, one of the things he six. talks about early on in the book, uh, the heading here is garbage in, garbage out. So he says, the artist is a collector, not a hoarder, mind you. There's a difference. Hoarders collect indiscriminately. Artists collect selectively. They only collect things that they really love. Hmm. So what do you think of that? You know, so what yeah. he's saying there is like, you you don't just absorb every single thing that comes your mm-hmm. way, or it's unhealthy to if you're trying yeah. to, you know, absolutely your brain. And so he goes on to say this: your job is to collect good ideas. The more good ideas you collect, the more you can choose from to be influenced mm-hmm. by. Hmm. And then he kind of goes on to talk about uh, what he refers to as like a, a family tree. Um, except in this case, it's not a, it's a tree of ideas. Yeah. Um, this is, this is one of the best quotes of the whole entire book. In my opinion, he says, school yourself. So he says, school is one thing. Education is another. The two don't always overlap. Whether you're in school or not, it's always your job to get yourself an education. Mm. And I was just like, it's easy to fall asleep in class. (laughs) I was like, yes, that is awesome. Yeah. So what he's saying there is like, look, just because you go to school doesn't mean you're learning. Right. Education is all is is what you get when you learn. So, mm-hmm. and learning is something that takes effort. So when you put the effort into learning, what you're getting in return for that is some kind of education. Mm-hmm. And now the idea behind school is that you go there to learn, so you receive an education. But everybody knows just going that, isn't enough to just yeah, show just going up. isn't enough. Yeah. That doesn't always happen. And unfortunately, I, in my opinion, I, I hear a lot of people in school who th- the principle here is, is really in the last sentence here. He says, it's always your job to get yourself an education. Mm-hmm. That is so lost on people nowadays. Like, mm-hmm. How many times have you heard people say, oh, um, it's just my teacher's not a good teacher. They don't know how to teach this stuff. That's why. And they're basically, they're just blaming the teacher as right. if it's... 
the teacher's job to instill in them their education and it's their teacher's job to make them learn Mm -hmm. no it's it's your job to show up ready to learn that's how you receive your education your teacher's just there to assist you in that process now yeah yeah, i mean you may not like if you walk into an algebra class and you don't know anything about algebra the teacher is going to show you how to do algebra Mm -hmm. but it's your job to to practice on your own you know yeah it's your job to like be ready to pay attention right. and to take notes and to practice the problems. And if you have questions to ask the teacher and to keep practicing, that's what learning is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you, don't, if you just walk in and you don't pay attention and mm-hmm. you don't ask questions and you don't do the homework, yeah. if you don't practice the problems and then you say the teacher is a bad teacher, he didn't teach me, that's why I don't know how to do it. No, that's on you. That's on you. The teacher can can kind of open the door for you, but it's kind of your job to walk through it. Yeah. You know? And so the other big takeaway for me there is, he said school is one thing, education is another. Yeah. I wrote in the margin there, life is all about learning. Learning happens everywhere all the time. Okay, so learning isn't just what you do in school. Mm. It's it's everywhere. It's every day, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I really I agree with that. really liked it. Yeah. So another thing he talks about is... Uh, as the title suggests, stealing from people who you're really influenced by. There's a difference between literally just ripping off from somebody, <laughs> like just like exactly change copy. the words. Yeah, exactly. Like just change <laughs> the words or like copy a melody, but just change one little note or something. <laughs> There's one I can think of right now. <laughs> that's 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 not what Austin's talking about in this book. Knock, he says, because he's talking about stealing yeah. from uh, those influences that you're getting and collecting in your family tree mm-hmm. of ideas. So he says, what to copy is a little bit trickier. Don't just steal the style, steal the thinking behind the style. Mm. You don't want to look like your heroes. You want to see like your heroes. The reason to copy your heroes in their style is so that you might somehow get a glimpse into their minds. That's what you really want, to internalize their way of looking at the world. If you just mimic the surface of somebody's work without understanding where they are coming from, your work will never be anything more than a knockoff. Mm. So it's kind of like if if you're copying your your heroes, once you're able to kind of see what they're seeing, it kind of opens up your mind. So you're where they are now. So now you can kind of tap into your own uh, creative uh, process. Right. So basically he's saying like, don't the the work that your artistic influences do mm-hmm. is nothing more than an extension or a manifestation of what's in their brain. Like, so when Andy Timmons writes a song, mm-hmm. that song is something that has sprung forth out of his brain, right? Right. He first thought it, and then he brought it into existence on the guitar, Mm -hmm. but it happened in his brain first. So what he's saying is don't copy what he's doing on the guitar per se, copy his brain, you know, like learn his brain, learn how he thinks, learn how he approaches. And then out of that is where you're going to be able to produce awesome stuff. (laughs) That's my interpretation at least. Yeah. So what do you think about that? I never thought of it that way. When I heard the title of the book, I was just thinking, you know, steal like an artist. 
the first thing I thought was, you know, steal their work, change some things, change some chords, which, you know, that's not at all what he's talking about. No. So that's, that really uh, makes more sense now. Yeah, another thing that he talks about where I see some parallel between uh, another book I've already recommended called The War of Art. Um, one thing Pressfield talks about in that book a lot is um, like just doing the work, mm-hmm. just every day, just plugging away at it, and, and that's a key. Um, so Austin's kind of hitting on that when he says this. That's what's so great about creative work. If we just start going through the motions... If we strum a guitar or shuffle sticky notes around a conference table or start uh, netting the clay, the motion kickstarts our brain into thinking. Hmm. So I wrote in the margin there, stop talking, start doing. So how many times have we sat there and been like, oh, I'm just waiting for inspiration to hit me. I'm just waiting for an idea to come into my head. And that's like when I'll pick up the guitar. (laughs) I'm doing that today. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the counter to that is like, well, Nick, what if you just picked up the guitar and you just go through the routine? And, yeah, yeah, and like get in the mindset. Yeah, and you just like almost like I hesitate to use the word force, but I just no, no, yeah, d- I, deliberately make a decision even to when you don't feel like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah you don't, do you feel like it? No, it doesn't matter. Do it. Anyway. Pick up the guitar and just do it. Ten minutes. Start strumming. Yeah, yeah, and just do ten minutes. Ten minutes. And what's going to happen in that ten minutes? Yeah. Now you tell me what's better. Sitting there for 10 minutes and just deliberately strumming away on that guitar and seeing what comes out of that or waiting for that inspiration to hit you. What's going to be more fruitful? The first the first option, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you just do that like once a week, that's probably not going to get you that far. Yeah, it's probably good to be consistent with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. He also talks about uh, side projects being something that's... uh, really beneficial because it gives you something to something else to draw from yeah yeah you know so you don't over it's it's kind of like if you occupy yourself with something uh other than what you're really listen he's talking to to you when he says this listen to this if you have two or three real passions or you like five or six (laughs) don't feel like you have to pick and choose between them don't discard keep all your passions in in your life this is something i learned from the playwright stephen tomlinson isn't that cool? It is cool. I like that. So he said, Tomlinson, the guy he just referenced, Tomlinson suggests that if you love different things, you just keep spending time with them. Let them talk to each other. Something will begin to happen. And that's hmm. a quote from him. The thing is, you can cut off a couple of passions and only focus on one. But after a while, you'll start to feel phantom limb pain. <laughs> and so he goes on to Boy, talk about how wow. um, if you're only... If you're only on one thing, eventually, like, there's, there's like, a kind of synergy that happens between, like, all the creative passions you have. Yeah. Um, and if you're only on one, there's, like, no interplay. Like, yeah. it doesn't have the chance to draw from, from other stuff. I've so, often thought about that, you know, having more than one interest, I guess. I love playing guitar. I love music, right. and I also love photography. So I thought at times, I want to be really good at at least one of these things. And I thought, do I need to cut the others out and focus all my energy onto this one? And the answer to that, is, is his opinion is no. No, and, and no, I, he's I saying like not that. at all. In fact, he's even saying, like, 
a lot of times we've how many times have we talked about money being a limiting factor? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he's saying like it's so important to have a hobby. A hobby is something creative that's just for you. You don't try to make money or get famous off of it. You just do it because it makes you happy. A hobby is something that gives but doesn't take. So he's basically saying, you know, don't worry about the money. You need it. It's good. to. It's like it's healthy mm-hmm. for your creative life to have like just one thing that you do that, is, that isn't about the money. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. To escape from money. <laughs> exactly. Right? That's good. I like that. I thought when you were saying money stopping you that it was money is is keeping you from investing in a hobby. That's what I thought at first, but you're you're talking about making money through this what you like to do, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and he does recommend like something practical. He's like, "Look, you need a day job." So, mm-hmm. make sure you get a day job that isn't going to be too boring or too mm-hmm. miserable, going to make you too miserable. Yeah. And one that allows you to have some time for this kind of stuff. Uh, another idea that he espouses in the book here is talking about leaving home. Uh, ah, getting out of your everyday. Exactly. Oh, I can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He says, to say that geography is no longer our master isn't to say that place isn't important. Where we choose to live still has a huge impact on the work we do. At some point when you can do it, you have to leave home. You can always come back, but you have to leave at least once. Your brain gets too comfortable in your everyday surroundings. You need to make it uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You need to spend some time in another land, among people that do things differently than you. Travel makes the world look new, and when the world looks new, our brains work harder. The time I was lucky enough to spend living in Italy and England when I was 19 and 20 certainly changed my life. But I would note that a a foreign culture isn't necessarily across the sea or in another country. For most folks who grow up where I grew up, Texas might as well be Mars. I lived here a while. Sometimes it still feels like Mars, he says. (laughs) But, yeah, so he's saying, oh, and another funny thing here. Uh, He says he used to live in Cleveland. He said, when I lived in Cleveland, I got a lot of work done in the brutal months of winter. Down here in Texas, I get all my work done in the wicked hot summers. (laughs) Escaping the heat. (laughs) Yeah, so basically it's the other way around. That's funny. But... So my cousins say they live in Florida, and they're like, we're never out in the summer. Florida summers are brutal. <laughs> I went to Disney World once in the month of May, and you think, oh, it's, it's not quite summer during yeah. May. It is. Oh, boy. <laughs> in Florida, it <clears throat> is. Yeah. But so he's saying, like, look, sometimes you got to get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got you have to get out at and least I, once, but I, it's good. So, what do you think about that whole thing when he says like you got to trick your brain with new surroundings? Oh, have, I, have I, you ever experienced that? I absolutely have, man. There was probably about a year or two years ago. I was really I was sitting down here in this basement, yeah. in the same chair with the same guitar, the same time of the day, just trying to write this song, and I was getting frustrated. And then it occurred to me, you know, let me let me try to go outside. So I took an acoustic guitar outside. And I did find that it, it helped me to being yeah. in, a, in a different place. And that's place, just a small Getting example. out of the routine, you know? That's just a small little it example, is. like just stepping outside yeah. and getting kind of more surrounded by nature where yeah. down here in the basement, you know, you're not surrounded by trees and, mm-hmm. you know, grass and just even like simple little basic things like that. Mm-hmm. But now imagine like, you know, we, the most recent example that we can think of where we really uh got out of our surroundings as i said earlier we went on vacation yeah, yeah, to arizona tucson. yeah yeah we went down to tucson 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we went up to Mount Lemon, completely different biosphere up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at nine thousand feet of elevation, uh, some hypoxia can inspire some of your music, <laughs> right? Yeah, and it's just more mountainous and yeah. it's beautiful. So now imagine like like going to the Rocky Mountains or something. You bring your guitar with you, oh, like, yeah. or you travel to a different country. Like he said, he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his his um, cases were, you know, his examples were very extreme. Mine have not been that. I just see it in little ways. Like today, I'm gonna go downtown and bring my acoustic guitar. But I can't imagine, you know, if you're going to live somewhere for, you know, a year or whatever. Yeah, that that's extreme, man. I can't. Or just short little bursts, you yeah. know. So, is this something that you think you should try to incorporate more of? Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I think for myself, it doesn't have to be as extreme as, you know, moving away. I think just getting out for the day yeah, um, is sufficient at this point for me. Especially when you work from home. Yeah, right. Like, right. Both of us do a lot. Oh, yeah. You more than me, but. So, let's see. I've got some more underlined stuff. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Who's listening to this show right now? I bet there's a good chance you aren't following us on social media. Let's fix that. Look up Every Last Drop Podcast on Facebook and like our page. Find us on Twitter at ELD Podcast. And find us on Instagram under the same name at ELD Podcast. So won't you do me a kindness and follow us? Do it now. Well, we'll we'll just go in. He's talk this chapter, the context here is he's talking about trying to to, to make friends, not mm-hmm. enemies. Uh, So he says, the trouble with creative work, sometimes by the time people catch on to what's valuable about what you do, you're either A, bored to death with it, or B, dead. You can't go looking for validation from external sources. And this is what I underlined. Once you put your work into the world, you have no control over the way people will react to it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so further down the page, he says, not everybody will get it. People will misinterpret you and what you do. They might even call you names. So get comfortable with being misunderstood, disparaged, or ignored. The trick is to be too busy doing the work, doing your work to care. That's, for me, that's one of my biggest obstacles, thinking, oh, this isn't going to be good enough. You know, not not only am I concerned about other people not being satisfied with it, but I'm also concerned about myself not being, you know, content with my own own creation. Let me ask you this. Let's say you put out a song or a video on YouTube or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, do you read the comments section? Oh God, yeah. It's like one of the first things I'll do is day after I post it, I'll be in the comments. Okay, so who, tell who likes me, it? Who doesn't like it? What's you know? what do you think is better then? Just ignore the comments section and just keep creating. Ooh, probably. Yeah. yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Now, by the same token, he goes on to say what he calls uh, keeping a praise file. <laughs> so the gist here, what he's saying is. He says, life is a a lonely business, often filled with discouragement and rejection. Yes, validation is for parking, but it's still a tremendous boost when people say nice things about your work. Hmm. So basically what he says is... Keep a record. When someone actually does give you a huge compliment, like, yes, keep it on record Mm -hmm. and file it away. And whenever you kind of get into a dark time when you feel like people are just criticizing you, it doesn't hurt to go back and pull it up and say, hey, you know what? There's a time when such and such yeah. said this about because of about course what I do of and course such we such said this yeah so you know 
screw those people. They don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> and of course, of course, we don't have to write down the, the, the criticism, right? That just automatically sticks in our mind. We always can remember the negative. In my case, the negatives always stick out more to me. If there's 10 people that liked my video and one that didn't, my mind automatically remembers Goes to the, the guy one. who said, yeah. you know, I hate this. Or if 10 people compliment you and one guy insults you, which one do you remember the, the most? The insult. Me too. Yeah, I, it's a terrible thing that that's the way it is, you know? Me too. Why is it so Yeah, and so a couple more things that he says, Just and these are his practical tips, is he says, get yourself a calendar. And so really he's recommending uh, taking it one day at a time mm. and like these little small victories. Yep. So um, a calendar helps you plan work, gives you concrete goals, and keeps you on track. The comedian Jerry Seinfeld has a calendar method that helps him stick to his daily joke writing. He suggests that you get a wall calendar that shows you the whole year. Then you break your work into daily chunks. Each day when you're finished with your work, make a big fat X in the day's box. Every day, instead of just getting work done, your goal is just to fill a box. After a few days, you'll have a chain, Seinfeld says. Just keep at it and the chain will grow longer every day. Hmm. You'll like seeing that chain, especially when you get a few weeks under your belt. Your only job next is to not break the chain. Oh, I like that. I really like that. Yeah. So that's going from like this big lofty goal. For example, I'll state one of my goals right now is mm -hmm. I I want to write a record. We'll just say EP because it'll probably be about five or six songs. Yeah. It's not something I've ever done before. Now, I have written music before, but mostly as I guess what I would call a composer. And the difference there being... I, when I think of songwriter, I think of somebody who writes a song with lyrics, mm -hmm. and those lyrics are conveying some kind of message or a story or a theme, versus a composer is someone who's like crafting a piece of music without lyrics in it. And huh. um, you can still be trying to convey something, obviously, obviously, because the the mood of the music, the sounds, the textures, all that stuff is the, all those elements add up to create a certain kind of atmosphere or a certain kind of feeling. Uh, but for the most part, that's really the only kind of music that I've done. And I've just taken what I've done and kind of just like stuck it on SoundCloud or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I have not really, I think I've only written maybe at least one and I have started one or two other songs where I've got lyrics and I've, and I don't consider myself a good singer, but I'm like, I'm not awful, by the way, but I'm just not like a great singer. But I'm, I'm passionate about music and like songwriting and like, I have, I have things to say. I have themes and, and, and ideas that I would just love to convey, but I've never done it before. So according to this, it's like, look, the overall goal is the six song EP, that mm -hmm. record you want to put out. Getting it done. Yeah. So Whether what do you do? Whether or not it's perfect to your standards or not. Of course. Not, of know. course. But So what are you going to do? Are you just going to yeah. say, oh, um, maybe it'll be out like next year, 2017. Sometime. Or, sometime yeah. Yeah. Sometime. Or what if I like bought a calendar and I stuck it up on my wall and I said, tomorrow I'm going to, you know, the goal for tomorrow is get up at 8 a.m., and pick up my acoustic guitar and write till 9 a.m. 
you know, mm-hmm. pick up and just like brainstorm chord progressions and melodies and ideas. And you don't even have to like come up with lyrics. You can just start to hum melodies mm-hmm. and just create little voice memos on your iPhone or something. Oh yeah. And just yeah. do that like every day or just even just, you know, Monday through Friday, or you could take one of those days off. You wouldn't even have to do every day. Yeah. That's um, very important. Yeah. Yeah. So really like, like I should just be doing that every day mm-hmm. and I'm not. So like, What's, what's the matter my, with you? What's my excuse? Does that book mean nothing to you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, but that's that's great. Yeah. Advice, well, what's your so. creative? Let's talk about a creative goal that you have, mm-hmm. and what it's going to take to get there. Sure. Uh, well, one of my goals is next year, 2017. I want to create a a video, a, a film of a collection of, of time lapse videos from the plains, whether it's tornadoes or, or thunderstorms, and. Uh, that's something that I wanted to do, I guess, this year. The documentary? Yeah, a documentary. For a while, it was a documentary on a certain type of weather. Um, but that, you know, it's it's getting out there and it's shooting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether or not... Originally, it was going to be like a Dust Devil It was going to be about Dust Devils, for those of you who are unsure. That's, that's a, a whirlwind that forms on a summer day. Usually, you have them out in the desert. It just looks like a, a dusty tornado right. usually forms. Yep, it's a little sky. tornado in the dust. Yeah. Yeah, or the plains, or something like that. Yeah, and I still want to do. I guess that—that's my. I guess we could use that as a goal that I, I have, and I want to eventually do that. But I wasn't setting, like you just said, you know, dates to get. Okay, I'm going to drive out to this field. And I'm going to get this shot. I'm going to write this script. I started doing it, but I, I started to. After that, I was getting lazy about it, and I would let a day go. And I think if I would have, you know, as as you read in the in the book marked on a calendar i'm getting this done tomorrow next week i'm doing this part and so on that's gonna and then the more you get done like he said the more motivated you're gonna you're gonna be yeah yeah he said seinfeld was talking about like you've got a chain or you know you've got like a streak going it's like it's like a winning streak you could think of it that way to boost your confidence like look at all these x's in a row that i have yeah and it can be i'm on a roll yeah, my form of that could be I'm on my computer looking at the different videos I have, and I'm saying, "Wow, you know, this is coming together," and that motivates me to do more. You know, mm-hmm. so so yeah. if you had to break that down practically, even more than that, what are uh, what are like some examples of like some steps that you could take to start assembling well, a documentary or a movie like that? Yeah, if I want to be serious about a Dust Devil documentary, it could be putting money aside for plane tickets to. Uh, Black Rock Desert, Nevada. Yeah, that's the prime place. So you've already got some footage from saving there, up. Yeah, I do have a little bit of footage. I wish it wasn't quite as windy that day. Um, so that's one thing. Setting money aside to do that, um, camera equipment could be better. Uh, could have some better lenses, I suppose. Um, yeah, mo- mostly it's just deciding. You know, having an outline of the whole film before before I even start shooting it. You know, so I know yeah. where it's going to go. Okay. So those are some steps you could say, all right, well, I can set money aside. I can take what I have and start to, I think one example could be like, uh, search my hard drive and like take an inventory and know what I have and mm. start to like create new folders and start organizing what I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could yeah. be like a place to start Absolutely. writing an outline could be another place to start. Uh, writing like content for voiceovers mm-hmm. 
could be another place to start. Yeah, writing the uh, narration. Like, yeah, yeah, the narration. Like, those are all steps to take. So you guys see how this is. You, you get the idea here. He's What he's talking about is you need to, like, break it down into chunks. So if you're out there and you're trying to write a book or you're trying to write a song or you're mm-hmm. – whatever, you know, like, whatever. <laughs> break it down into these chunks and, and, and put it on a calendar. Mm-hmm. And and I know we're in the age of digital with smartphones and such, but I really think oh, seeing I it up on the wall like that really write, is, yeah. is, is a good thing. Yeah, I prefer so, writing stuff out. Yeah. So we're going to do a couple more, and then uh, and then we'll talk about some other stuff. So uh, he says, marry well. And now what's cool is he's not talking about just who you choose to be your spouse, and he, he's saying that's important. But he says... And marry well doesn't just mean your life partner. It also means who you do business with, who you befriend, who you choose to be around. Relationships are hard enough, but it takes a real champion of a person to be married to someone who's obsessed with a creative pursuit. Lots of times you have to be a maid, a cook, a motivational speaker, a mother, and an editor all at once. A good partner keeps you grounded. A friend once remarked that living with an artist must make our house very inspiring. My wife joked, oh, yeah, it's like living with Da Vinci. <laughs> She's the best. <laughs> so he's basically saying there, like, look, I'm not just talking about your life partner, as he says, or, you know, who your spouse is going to be. He's saying, like, really what he means is who you choose to associate with. Yeah. So I that one kind of speaks to its for itself, I think. You know, look, look to – so let's just take uh, – photography as an example because you do photography or or actually let's let's go with wit making okay because this is something that you do more actively when you go you go to those wit meetups i do Indianapolis. now this is a good example of that i think because when you go to the wit meetup what you're doing is you're gathering with these like-minded people Mm -hmm. a lot of them better at it than than you right absolutely yeah now how has it benefited you to be around people that are doing the same thing as you at, at a higher level in some cases? It's inspiring. It's it's kind of that extra kick, you know, to pick up one of their, their pieces of work and just see the intricacy of it. Do you it. learn new things from it? I, absolutely, I do. Well, I, I'm fortunate enough to have, you know, these, these people I've been hanging out with, fellow whipmakers, are very considerate and they're very kind to show me, uh, you know, some of their methods and uh, tips and tricks. But uh, I do learn a lot from from looking at their work, and you know they're teaching me stuff. They're they're beyond me. They've been doing it for years more than I have. So to have them is is quite a gift, really. Right. Yeah. For sure. So the last thing he says here, um, and there's there's more content in this book, but as you can tell, this is kind of just a bird's eye view of some things I've picked out. So he says creativity is subtraction, and then the kind of subsection under that is choose what to leave out so he's talking about how today's in a, a, the age of it's the information age it's the age of overload there's just so much content out there that you can just easily get overwhelmed so he's saying the way to get over creative block is to simply place some constraints on yourself it seems contradictory but when it comes to creative work limitations mean freedom whoa think about that yeah so now you you tell me what you think about this now because that's not the first time i heard somebody say that like 
you know, we're both musicians. So let's say you open up your your recording software, whatever it may be, Pro Tools, Cubase, Logic, whatever. And you've got like this world of possibilities, especially like if uh, if you've got a lot of software of like virtual instruments, you're like, even if you just open up one of them, like Massive or something, which is a, a like a virtual synth from a company called Native Instruments, like you open up Massive, how many knobs are on that synth? Mm. So was there like 30 of them or something oh, yeah. like that? Oh, okay. Yeah. So now don't you think it'd be easy to just like totally get caught on a rabbit trail and lost in the weeds, like just tweaking it's a, a sound distraction yeah. to make a preset. Yeah. Okay. So eventually don't you think like having way too many choices and way too many options is actually something that weighs you down instead of like frees you to create sure. more. So, sure so that's one example of that. Yeah. Another one is just like time. How about deadlines? Oh yeah. What do you think about deadlines? Oh, they're important. You got to have deadlines. Now, does a deadline, do you feel like that is constraining you or do you feel like that's actually giving you more freedom? Well, more freedom because it gives you, you know, if you say I have to get this done before then, you have more freedom to work on, you know, other stuff after that. Right. So I'd say mostly it's a freedom because if you don't have a deadline, you're going to be working on that specific project for who knows how long. And that's going to be taking up time that you could be using for other things. Um, so, yeah, deadlines, I think it gives yeah, you Yeah, that's an interesting way. It's, it's kind of counterintuitive, isn't it? Because... Yeah. Because you think, oh, well, if I give myself a year to finish this, I'll have all the freedom in the world to do it. But like what you just said is so true. If you don't give yourself a deadline, like, no, it needs to be done in two months Mm -hmm. or a month. Think about like all the creative projects that are not getting done. Yeah. Yeah, Because you're just focused on what you should be getting done next week instead of in the next three or four months. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, it does. It does give you more freedom, you know. Yeah. So, and most so, people, yeah, go yeah, ahead. I was gonna say most people would, you know, you take the Pro Tools or whatever when you open it up, see all the you know, the knobs and stuff. You know, it's the first thing we think. Well, there's so much stuff here. There's so many options. There's so many tools. Well, how how could this not be freedom? Where it's better just to pick up an acoustic guitar for writing and just write something. Then you can move to something that has. You know, more all yes. these options, all these And that's tools. something that I want to incorporate when I start writing is like just write on the acoustic and just record the basics on voice memos on my iPhone. Yeah. Don't get on the computer because I will get lost in the weeds on the computer. Oh yeah. I'll start yeah. I'll start tweaking and editing stuff before it's even written. Mm-hmm. And you don't believe me, you don't want to get into that. Yeah. You know, the the rough outline needs to come. What whatever it is, um my advice is Get a basic form for something, a basic structure, a basic outline, whatever, some kind of rough draft. Before you even turn your computer on. Yeah, before yeah. you start getting into editing mode. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree with that. Editing and revising is after you have a basic skeleton, mm-hmm. so to speak, already composed. Whatever that may be, whether it's your song or your book or whatever. So, yeah, that's basically um, kind of an overview of Steal Like an Artist. It's a good book. Uh, yeah, some some good ideas and good principles in there that I think are, are really relevant to, to what we're talking about. So, yeah, go, I go like pick it. it up. I yeah. encourage you to, to read it. 
and uh, limit your options for sure. One thing that I found to be true with limiting your options, by the way, another thing about the software is like, you can have like 50 different pieces of software that do the same thing. And you're like, Mm. which one do I use? Yeah. Yeah. Like a, for example, I, I don't know, like a compressor or something. It's like, Oh, I've got 10 compressors. Which one should I use? Should, wouldn't you be better off just having one or two at most? Yeah. Yeah, I think you would. Oh, yeah. So, all right. We're going to move on to our picks. To remind you, picks are a particular piece of art of any medium that we're into for the week. We're really digging it. It's uh, inspiring us or we're just enjoying it and that we recommend everybody. So, let's let's hit it. All right. What you got, brother? Yeah. So, my friend Jake... From California, I used to be roomies with him in a way. Um, we lived in the same house, and his room was right next to mine, so I kind of consider him a roommate. Uh, he, I didn't, I only got to know him for a few months, but you know, he was probably my the best friend I had out there, and I have kept in touch with him here and there. So he is a songwriter, one of the one of the best I've. One of the best songwriters I've ever met in my life, if not the best. Um, and he used to be in a band called Brawley. And he actually was out on a tour with this dude named Benjamin Francis Lethwich, uh guys from England. I found out about it because Jake posted a link to... Uh, it was just an announcement that he was going on a tour with this guy, like as kind of to be the opener and, and whatnot. And I was like, Oh cool. Like I would, I would love to go see Jake. I haven't seen him in a while. And so I just checked the dates to see if there was a date for Chicago and, and there was, so I texted him and I was like, dude, you're coming to Chicago. That's awesome. I'm definitely going to be there. And, uh, prior to the show, I was like, well, I, I should probably look up this Benjamin guy just to see what he sounds yeah, like. So when yeah. he's playing, I have an idea of, uh, where he's coming from and what his music is like. So I have some mm-hmm. kind of frame of reference. And because I'm mostly familiar with Jake's stuff, I've listened to it and I've heard him play and sing. So yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and say this guy's album, the new one he's got out called After the Rain, is my pick for the week. It's it's really cool stuff. His voice is very, uh, he doesn't have a very uh, strong voice. You know what I mean? Like it's very kind of breathy. Yeah, it is breathy. Yeah, it's a perfect it's, way to explain it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not like uh, I don't know who's who's a guy that sings really hard. I, uh, Megadeth or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking more like uh, I don't know, like let's say like you know how Aretha Franklin, the soul singer, like you know how when okay, she sings, yeah. she like belts it out. Yeah, it's almost where her voice is clipping. <laughs> yeah, even... yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, this guy is the opposite of that. His voice is very soft, yeah. very breathy. Yeah. But his songs are cool. So oh, yeah. I'm going to post that. How about you, Nick? Yeah, man. That, the, the whole show was great. I enjoyed all the artists that were there, but I think my, my pick is probably Jake. I really, yeah. I think it you was. You think the, Jake had the best songs? I, I enjoyed his music the, the most, probably out of out of all the musicians that were there. But there was a song, I don't know if you remember the name of it. I, I don't. It was Second to Last, was the song that he did. It was the second to the last song. And, and That's a new song of boy. his. It's not out yet. It's going to be on his new album. Yeah. I think he's doing a solo record and he's going to. He's gonna put that one out on there. Yeah, man, that that one was just unbelievable. The the stuff he was doing on the guitar with the delay and just the 
great singer, good voice. Yeah, he had well some pog written. on there, which oh, is just yeah. a it's just a pedal. For the, for the, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's just a guitar pedal that adds like other uh, notes that harmonize what you're playing. Mm-hmm. It generates other harmonies and plays it at the same time yeah. as you playing. Yeah, I think my pick is probably probably Jake's stuff. And Jake's Jake, stuff. Jake, Jake, and yeah. himself. Like his his. Very so we'll just rest. we'll just link up to Brawley then because uh, his new album is not out. And he's, I believe he just will be releasing that kind of as a solo artist. Okay. Because uh, his band Brawley is technically defunct. They're uh, not currently playing together, but he mm. is touring under that name right now anyway, because he was the lead singer of the band. Mm. So we'll link up to that. Uh, all the links for our picks are always, always going to be on our website. Uh, so you can find them at everylastdroppodcast.com slash picks okay Mm. so if you guys want to check our picks out i'll uh i'll put them up there on the website and you guys can uh those links will be clickable so you know you can go find the music on itunes or the books on amazon or or whatever we send you (laughs) yeah yeah wherever you go so um we always encourage you to go check out that section because it's uh it's something to feed you you know Mm -hmm. um like Austin was talking about, uh, uh, creating that uh, family tree of ideas and uh, work to feed off of. So that's that's really the purpose of the pick section is to give you guys some more fodder for for your brain mm-hmm. to be able to to build off. Because you know, I, I, it was one of the first things he said, and they're like garbage in, garbage out. Like, in order for you to be able to create well. You got to eat a healthy diet. Yeah. And, and I'm not talking about eating food. I'm talking about like brain food, if you will. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be a good mu- a good musician and a good songwriter, you got to listen to good music and good songs. Yeah. You can't listen to crap. Yeah, if you put so, if you put contaminated fuel and old fuel and crappy fuel in an engine, it won't run smoothly, you know. So it's nope. kind of the same. So that's the idea behind Fill the pick section. Fill up with section. premium, guys. <laughs> that's the idea behind the pick section is we try to put what we think is quality material in there so you guys can feed off of it, mm. feed your brains. So, well, that's going to do it for us for this time. For Every Last Drop Podcast, I'm Danny. I'm Nick. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time. Next time. Next See time. See you guys. All right.